That is officially our favorite little intro music uh, that exists. And, and I congratulate each of you for making it on this snowy day. Um, yeah, you could have you stayed home with some hot cocoa and watched TV and just said it's too bad. But not you, right? You're tougher than that. We're here, we're here to suit up. We're here to get ready. Thank you for being here. We're going to have um, a great time of worship again today. And we are continuing our series, uh, Suit Up. And essentially, this is a really, really long-winded sermon that is in three parts. And so we are focused on the same kind of portion of Scripture here in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Um, And so let me go ahead and read that, and we'll recap kind of where we were at last week, and we'll continue on. It says this in Ephesians 6, verse 10. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which with, with which you can extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying. For all the Lord's people. So this is an interesting portion of scripture. Yet last week we kind of focused on that first part where it says our battle is not against flesh and blood. But against that kind of spiritual realm. And so we talked about the reality that there is a struggle in this world. Sometimes we can kind of be naive or push off or think like you know, not focus on things that like are going on around us. But the reality is there is evil in the world. That's something that we do have to come to grips with, is that there is evil forces out there. There are evil things that can and will consume us and take over in our life. They can really damage and hurt our life. And it is really a fight. And so there's kind of language here that's saying, like, let's put on some armor. Be ready to to fight. The struggle is very, very real. Last week, we kind of talked about how evil has this kind of pervasive way and this sneaky way of kind of like getting a little bit of a foothold in our life, a little bit of kind of just a little bit of a side angle into our home, almost like, you know, like an infestation in a way that it kind of subtly sneaks in and we have to be aware that there really is evil and not allow it to 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 take hold in our homes to take hold in our lives and even last week we talked about how you know there's all kinds of sins that we have to deal with in our time and era that are unique to our day and so we even talked about like those those uh the fact of the matter that we have like 
pornography that is streamed into all of our houses on a 24-hour basis in our, on our phones. And how could, you know, this is, this is not a good thing. This is not a healthy thing. This is not helpful. This is not something that is, that is uh, gonna, gonna help lead us to God. And so that struggle is very, very real. Let me say this to you. And if you weren't here last week, you can catch up online and hear uh, our message last week. But let me say this to you. If you are struggling, we love you. Okay? We love you, and we are with you, and we are fighting with you. But it is real. And we, and, and we need to take account and look at and see the things in this world that will take us down. But we, we love you. And you're in the right place. And keep fighting, and we're, we're behind you, and we're with you. And so keep fighting. And so today, we kind of continue that discussion on, and we look at these portions of Scripture that says, suit up, get ready for the battle that you're going to face. Put on this armor, put on this protection, put on all of these things that will help you endure. So this week in particular, of course, we're looking at this whole section over three weeks, but I want to focus in on this particular verse. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. So it's saying put on, put on the things of God. Put on the things of God. And it's really saying that this is a stand that we have to take. It's not a passive, like passive language. It's really action-oriented language. It's active things. It's like you gotta you gotta really put this on. You gotta stand your ground. You gotta do some things to be prepared for things that may come up against you. And so, so if you think about, you know, sometimes this is what happens in our life. It's kind of like we almost, we almost treat some of these things as like, you know, we're kind of just hanging out and sitting on our couch and letting the world kind of pass us by. And it's like, you know, there's evil out there. But, but it's saying like we got to stand up, take give aggressive approach and do something as a result. We have to put on these things. What I will tell you as we, as we enter into this discussion is really that is, that is what I think we need to focus in on when we're talking about a spiritual battle going on is putting on things, putting things on. Because, because you know, we can, there is sometimes this tendency to think about like evil in the world and focus on that. Is there this evil, this evil? This, the, the best thing you can do to combat evil is have a lot of God in your life. Do you hear what I'm saying? Instead of like focus a lot of time, energy, and effort on evil, is have a lot of God in your life that is overflowing. Put on a lot of God stuff in your life. And that will take care of a lot of the problem. And that's kind of what it's saying. Is like put these things on. And it gives us several things that we're going to go through today. But it's really, if you think about all of them, it's, it's having more and more God in my life. Being closer and closer to God is the source. Having God's spirit overflow and dwell within me. If we take the approach and we look at evil that is in the world or maybe even temptations that we face, and we just sit there and like, ugh, I need to get rid of this. Oh, I, I need to deal with this. Almost like you have that bad habit that you have of like, anybody else bite their fingernails? 
Okay. All right, you won't admit it, but I do. Um, and you're like, don't bite your fingernails. And I'm sitting there like, like this. Don't do it. Don't do it. You know, and, and I'm like, it, it's so top of mind. And I'm just like trying to mentally force myself to do it. And then inevitably, it seems like I'm biting my fingernails. Okay. And I'm focusing on that side of the equation. I really think that the, the best thing we can do is be completely filled with God's grace. We can be filled with God and those things um, tend to kind of fade away in our life. Focus on that source and focus on God and be filled with the things of God to combat um, the evil that is all around us. So let's, let's look at the different things that it says in this passage of Scripture. And it gives us these visual illustrations of things that we should put on in our life. These are things that should be a regular part of our life and should be something that we focus our attention, effort on. So the first one is in verse 14, and it says we should, be, we should put on the belt of truth. Um, so it says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. The first thing that it mentions, the first thing that it says is that we should, we should be focused in on what is true. And if you're here last week, we talked a little bit about this. That the easiest thing to do is to kind of say, you know what, sin is not that big of a deal. It's easy to kind of say, you know what, it's not going to take me down and it's not, it, it, it's not really an issue in my life. It's easy to say things like, I have everything under control. It's easy to say those things when we, the, the truth of the scripture is it says, the wages of sin is death. Sin is deadly. Sin is a killer. Sin, sin is destructive. Sin destroys relationships. It destroys us. The scripture says, first and foremost, we have to stand firm in truth. We have to know what is true and what is false. And if we don't have any kind of concept that there is a battle going on out there, that's a, tr- that's a problem. Justification of sin really is, is normally built on some kind of a lie, some kind of an idea. Like sin that just continues on in our life and goes, you know, kind of year after year and lingers on in our life is typically built on some kind of a, a lie beneath the surface that we have believed Maybe you've believed lies about yourself. Maybe you've, you, there, there's times when you're, when you're in your life going amongst your business and doing things and, and you believe a lie about yourself. You might, you might believe a lie. You know, sometimes people believe, believe lies like, you know, I'm, I'm worthless or I'll never amount to anything. Those kinds of self-doubt type of lies. And the truth of the matter is the scripture says, you know, I love you and you're precious and, and so sometimes when these things creep into our mind, and sometimes we have this internal dialogue that we struggle with, and it's this back and forth, what we have to do is we have to know the truth. Sometimes we don't even feel the truth. Sometimes we're not even clear, you know, it, like we, it doesn't feel like that is true, but we have to know what the truth is. We see in scripture that over and over when Jesus is tempted, he combats temptation by quoting scripture, by saying the truth. 
You know, and, and if there is a lingering sin or some doubt that creeps into your mind, maybe this thought that, that you know you're going to have in certain times in your life, you need to find a scripture and memorize a scripture that like combats that lie and deals with that lie. We combat the lie with the truth. We, here's another thing that you can do as well, is you can pray through the scriptures. There's times where, there's times where maybe I don't even know what to say or know what to do, but like if you pray a prayer that is a prayer of the scriptures, or you pray the scriptures, you know it's true, right? So, so that, that's so, sometimes it's confusing in this world. It's like, I don't know what to do here. I don't know what's going on next. If you pray the scriptures, you know you're praying truth. So sometimes I do this in my life. I'll open up a psalm or I'll, I'll find a portion of scripture that is meaningful to me. And it'll kind of go like this. Is I'll say, God, I, man, I don't know what's going on in my life right now. But, but I believe what your scripture says. I believe what your scripture says about this and about me. And I'll pray that over my life. And I'll say, God, I believe this because your scripture tells me this and it is true. And so it's an important time sometimes that like if we're struggling, if we're doubting, if the truth is we're, we're, we're struggling to find the truth, we need to be focused in on what God has said about us and about the world. And the scripture will, will not lead us astray in that. So pray through the scriptures. Stand on truth. Find those key Bible verses that you can remind yourself of when you're having those doubts, fears, anxieties that, that are things that are not true. When it comes down to it, is evil is a distortion of the truth. If it was just clear and simple, black and white all the time, we would easily be, be able to identify it. But many times, evil is this, these subtle things that start to creep into our life. And we have to combat it with the truth. Second thing it says is this. It says in verse 14, the second half of verse 14, it says, um, The truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place. So the breastplate of righteousness. And righteousness is, is talking specifically about doing the right things. Doing the things that God has called us to do. Doing the things that we know are right. There's, you know, there are t times where it, the world is confusing. And it's unclear specifically what to do. And you can seek the scripture and pray the truth of scripture. But a lot of times, you know what is right. Right? You know what is a lie and what is truth. You know what you should do, how you should treat your neighbor. You know how you should, you should do certain things. And sometimes you just need to practice that. Sometimes we just need to live out and practice what is right. And, and you know, it's interesting how, how like, we know that if we want to like, be a good reader... You have to, like, practice that, right? When kids are learning to read, they have to practice that. We know if you are trying to ride a bike, you need to practice, right? We know if you want to play a sport, you have to practice. We know if you're trying to learn how to drive a car, you have to practice. But for some reason, sometimes we don't take this, this principle into our moral life. 
The reality is, is there's times where we have to practice what is right. We have to practice righteousness. We have to do it and, and remember that and, and live that out. Sometimes it is a journey, and yes, it is a struggle to make the right choice. And we have to just say, today, I'm choosing to make this choice, and I'm going to practice it. And there may be times, yes, that, that, that I struggle or it's difficult, but, I have to, but sometimes we consciously have to say, today, this is the choice that I am going to make. And I'm not going to do anything different. If, if you have a problem with the truth, or maybe like kind of manipulating things in certain ways, like be clear and say, no, that is not true. And I'm going to say clearly and plainly what is true and not what is false. And like today, that, that wasn't correct. I need to go correct that error. And I need to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Whatever, um, if there's an area in your life that you struggle with, that is a fight, that is a battle, it's saying, like, we need to stand up and be righteous and do what is right and, and, and practice that. The next thing it says is this. It says in verse 15. It says, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace. There's lots of different layers involved in this little, this quick little line here. And we could probably spend a whole day talking about that. But the scripture tells us to be people of peace. And it's telling us to stand kind of in that gospel of peace. First of all, what we understand, we know about peace is that peace is strongly tied to forgiveness. Right? Peace is strongly tied to forgiveness. That I need to make peace with kind of the, the, the sins that have happened in my life or maybe the sins that have affected me from other people in my life in order, in order to have some peace. So sometimes it is something between me and God and sometimes it is between me and somebody else. But the reality is, is if there's something left kind of undone, if there's tension, if there's some kind of problem going on between somebody, there is at peace. There's this restlessness. And you know, there is points in time where we don't have peace, and I think it is something that God does in us or within us. Let me, let me explain. There are moments in time where we're just unsettled. There's moments in time where things are not right in our spirit and in our lives. And what that may be is because there's unsettled sin or some kind of relationship conflict in our life with somebody else. There is unforgiveness that is festering in our life. And that leads to kind of like you're not a person of peace at that moment in time. And, and if there's this going on in our life, that very well could be God's spirit leading us and guiding us to say, you need to make peace in this situation. If we are like con continually falling into certain sin or, or problems with relationships, there is this sense of, uh, I got a problem with somebody else. Have you ever felt that with someone? Like maybe you had a conversation with somebody and like you said something that maybe you didn't mean or, or maybe, maybe somebody called you and you, you didn't call them back. 
Or maybe it was like some kind of conflict or argument that you had with somebody and there's this like unsettled feeling and you know the next time you see that person, it's going to be, it's going to be awkward. It's going to be hard. How do I deal with this? It's because, it's because there isn't peace in that moment in time. And the scripture tells us we should be people of peace. There's, there's a time where Jesus said when people are coming up to the altar to offer their sacrifices to God, if they have something like unforgiveness in their heart or a, something that they need to deal with somebody else, they should leave their gift at the altar and go and forgive them or go and find peace in that situation. So kind of equated to our day, if we're here and we're about to come up for communion and like there's something unsettled with somebody else, Jesus is kind of, his response is, first things first, deal with that conflict first. Find that forgiveness first. Before we take communion and what we do every single time before we take communion, we take a moment to ask forgiveness of our sins. We go to God and make sure we make peace in our relationship with God. And then we come to the altar and we can be at peace in that moment. But if there's things in our life that are lingering or unsaid or not dealt with, we really won't be at peace. And we'll really be kind of missing it. So it's saying here that we should be people of peace. Let me tell you, one of the things that that is just... A terrible evil that creeps in a lot of times to places like this, churches, is like these unsettled disputes. These little kind of things that start dividing people. These little slights or these little things and maybe even big things. There's times where churches have to make a decision. And sometimes people like people start to take one side or another. And then all of a sudden you'll see that a, a church kind of is starting to split apart. How sad of a picture is it when, when evil creeps in in that way? When all of a sudden the place where this should be a place of peace, this should be a place of refuge, this should be a place where we're family and we're here for one another and we're supporting one another, we're behind one another, and then all of a sudden like something comes in the middle of that. How sad would that be? Over the last several weeks we've been going through what we call our covenant partnership class. And we talk about, in four weeks, we talk about the important things. What, what is it to be a part of a church? What does it mean? We talk a lot about our relationships with one another. How, how should we treat one another? What it, you know, why, why do we do this? Why does the Bible say that we should be a part of a church? And one thing I always try to do, and I don't know if I communicate it well or not, but one thing I always try to do at some point in time in the class is tell everybody, listen, listen, there will be times... That I mess up. There will be times where I say something in error. There will be times where I make a decision that you don't agree with. There will be a time where maybe like, maybe I'm having a bad day. And, and it will happen, okay? Trust me, ask my wife. All right, it will happen, okay? But please, please, because this is really, really important. Please, if, if, if there's something that we have between us, Please come and talk to me about it. Please come to me and talk to me. And so we can work it out. Because I know that I'll make a mistake at some point in time. But like maybe I might not even be aware of it. Maybe I won't know that like tension has come into our relationship. Please come and talk to me about it. Please. Because 
like, we can move past things, but these things creep in so quickly, right? They creep in and they ruin relationships and ruin things. And, and the, the fight is not against one another. The fight is against evil in this world. And what happens if, like, these unsettled things start creeping into where we are here? Or creep into our families or creep into our relationships or conversations with people that we love? Be a person of peace. And being a person of peace means we find forgiveness. If we've wronged others, we say we're sorry. And we try to make amends. And we try to, try to move forward. If somebody has wronged us, we try in every regard to make peace and give forgiveness and grace to other people. And that is, it's interesting how it's put, is it is the gospel of peace. Because really, the scripture and our relationship with God and the gospel is all about us reconciling our relationship with God. Making peace with our creator. And so peace is... it should be one of those things that is essential and critical in our lives. The gospel of peace. Verse 16, it says this. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. The shield of faith. Um, so this is... The real defensive move, all of them are kind of defensive today. This is where we're standing up and defending against the different things. But this one in particular, the shield of faith, kind of seems like that's like I'm there, like ready to go, ready to defend the flaming arrows. I like that. But what it's talking about is these real moments sometimes that all of us have, I think, where there's these crisis moments of faith. Have you ever had a time where you questioned your faith? I have. You ever have times where you question different things about God? And, and we see throughout Scripture this interesting thing. That even though people have gone through incredible moments of like faith where they've seen miracles. They've seen like incredible things throughout history. There's still times where even people in the Bible who have seen things like that have moments of crisis. And say like, I'm not quite sure. Before Je When Jesus ascended into heaven, the Gospel of Mark says that some people believed and then other people had doubts. So we're talking about people that saw the resurrected Jesus and they were like conflicted and they were confused and they were not sure. I don't know why the scripture includes it. If I was writing uh, that, I would, have, I would have like deleted that portion of like of the account. I would say I would I would delete the portions where it said people had doubts. But I think all of us need to r realize and recognize that even people in scripture that that saw incredible things had moments where their faith was stretched. Had moments that they were confused and uncertain or things were unclear. And so here's here's one of the things that is repeated over and over in scripture. Is it talks about remembering in the scripture, it talks about remembering things that have happened in our lives. And even throughout the Old Testament, there's story after story of people saying, like, making monuments, making, making times where they put, like, big uh, festivals and celebrations to remember what God has done. There are times in my life 
where I'm not feeling it at the moment and things are uncertain. And I have to go back and remember what God has done in my life. I have to remind myself that there's moments in time where it's not like the best moment I have. And I have to go back in time and say, God, I know you were there. I remember it. And that was real. There's been dozens of times in this church planting journey or this like journey of being a pastor and starting a new church where I was like, I don't know God. And God has had to remind me. And if you're, if you're struggling with the, those moments of faith, what I would really encourage you to have is kind of those benchmark moments. One of those without question, and the scripture gave us this as a wonderful gift, is, is our baptism. And if you've been baptized, that's a moment that each and every one of us should remember. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have a baptism service. And, and not only just the people who are baptized here should remember that, but each and every one of us, every time we see somebody baptized, we should remember. We should remember there was a moment in time, if we've been baptized, that I stood up and I said, I believe in Jesus and I believe Jesus rose from the dead and overcame sin and death and Jesus is in my life and I'm forgiven. It's, it's like that, kind of like that moment in time. I have the document. I have the proof. God has, God has showed up in my life. Maybe there's a moment in time where you were in desperation and you felt that God was there or you knew God was there. Maybe you've been in a service like this and you felt like God was speaking to you. Maybe it's not today. But there's moments that you have to go back and say, I remember. I know that God is there, and I still continue to put my faith in that moment. I remember what God has done in my life. And, and what has happened to me many times is when I'm kind of like on the verge in that moment, when I'm kind of like struggling, if I really, really do seek God and, and I'm saying, God, help me here. Help me have an explanation. Help me have a next step. Help me have a path for what's next. I found time and time again that God has shown up in my life and given me kind of a boost of faith. Man, I mean, we can't just count on like, hey, if I'm having a bad day, then like lightning bolts are going to come out, you know, are going to come from the sky and say, like right in the sky. It's okay. You're going to be okay. But I do believe, I really do believe if we're seeking and seeking God and seeking God's voice in those moments that we're struggling, God will show up. God will show up. I remember back to several times in my journey here at the church. Remember back to several times where I was uncertain or un, un, not quite sure about what was going to happen. I remember the day where I was looking around and realizing that I had to, had to take a second job to support continuing to be a pastor. I had to take another job. And I was like, what am I going to do? What job am I going to take? Should, like, okay, am I going to do this the rest of my life? Am I going to just like, how am I going to feed my family, pay my bills, all this stuff? We can't support it with just the church. And, so, and someone here from the school called me and said, hey, we're just wondering if you're interested in this new position that we're starting. You don't need to interview. Just come on in and you can start if you'd like to. It's called Community Engagement Coordinator. It's like, what do you do? Just keep doing what you're doing, but we're going to pay you now for it. Just do that. That was the line. I was like, God, I get it. And not every single time that I'm having a crisis of faith, I get a phone call from somebody offering me a job. Not every single time. 
But guess what? Since then, there's been multiple times where I've gone back and remembered that moment. Do you see what I'm saying? That there's been many times where I was like, am I doing the right thing, God? And I I remember, no, God, you showed up in that moment when I needed you. You showed up. And I have that moment where you built my faith, and I do believe in you. I remember. And I'm going to continue to carry on. Like, what are those moments in time where you said, God, I know you are speaking and you are moving in my life. And you need, sometimes we need to remember that. And sometimes, like, that is, that, that is why we gather together, sing these songs, read these scriptures, learn and remember the things that God has done all throughout history. We gather together weekly to remember what God has done and to remind ourselves of what, what, what God has done all throughout history. So sometimes it's not even just our story. Maybe it's the stories of those around us, or maybe it's the stories in the scripture that we look at and we believe and we recognize. No, God, you are at work. And I put my faith in you. And I put my trust in you. We need to make sure that we can stand in those moments of faith. We can stand on those things and remember those. Because God is faithful. God is at work. And those moments where God spoke to you and worked in your life, those were real. And those were meaningful. And don't forget it. Don't forget that moment in time. It says in verse 17, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And we will, we will kind of get to the sword of the Spirit. We'll get to the offensive side of the game plan next week. But the last one that I want to focus in on is that helmet of salvation. And it's really one of those things that something that we have to stand firm in, similar to standing firm in our faith, is we need to recognize and realize that I have been saved. That I've been saved. If you have confessed your faith in Jesus Christ, the scripture is clear. If you confess your sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. This is why we do, our commun- do communion every week. This is why we gather. We remember that God has saved us. And we, put, we remember that. And, and there should be something that comes with that truth. There should be something that comes in our life where we say, you know what, I don't know what is next in my life. I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what world events will take place. I don't know what is going to happen. But what I do know is I have been saved by the God of the universe. So come what may. Come what may. Because no matter what happens, I can endure that. I am saved by the God of the universe And it's going to be okay. So it doesn't mean that things are easy, simple. But it does mean that we stand firm in that saying, you know what? I got that helmet of salvation and I'm going to walk with confidence in my life knowing that that what God said he will do in my life is true. I can be, I'm saved. I'm saved from my sins. God has forgiven me. God has offered me eternal life. God God has done all of this. What confidence that puts in our life. Forget about all these other little petty things. They become small when you look at it in light of the God of the universe, right? Look small. So 
in all of these things, the scripture is saying, like, we got to put this on. We got to put these things on. We got to make sure we're, we are full of the things that God has given us to empower us for the battles that we face. We have to put these things on and be, and be assured in these things. The things that God has given us. The things that God has done. Before we go, I want to kind of wrap it up with something that is going to be a little bit of a preview next week. However, on Friday, is it Friday? Thursday is Halloween. And I gave you a little teaser. It fits into kind of the theme that we're doing here that I said I'd give you my take on Halloween. But it really fits better next week, but it's a little too late. If I give you my take on Halloween next week, you'll be like, come on. Too late, buddy. All right. But there's occasionally times where people come to me and they say, you know what? Do your kids trick or treat? What do you do? Do you do this? Do you celebrate Halloween? You celebrate the devil's uh, hol- You know, and like there's some legitimacy to that. Thinking about, okay, we are fighting against flesh and blood. We are people of faith. We are not people like that is going to celebrate evil. What do we do in that world? Okay, let me, let me say first and foremost that my, not first and foremost, but first, let me just say, my kids are going to be going around the neighborhood and getting candy. So if you live in the neighborhoods of Cross Creek or Traditions or Adonia, get, let's get full Snickers bars, okay? Let's do that. Let's get some good candy, okay? No, no, like, no boxes of raisins. Okay, um, no, none of that stuff, none of like the stickers and like a coupon to go to the dentist. Okay, none of that stuff. Let's get the good stuff. Okay, full size Snickers bars. Uh, you know what? Dark chocolate. Love dark chocolate. My kids kind of like it. And so that's a good one too because I could probably steal that from, from their trick-or-treat box. But I guarantee you there will be lots of candy at my house and I will be participating. Here's how I take it. With our kids, we always do talk about it around this time of year. And we say, listen, listen, we're not going to do like kind of the crazy over-the-top costumes. And we, yeah, we might put a pumpkin out, but we're not going to go super over-the-top. It's not like that big of a deal. But what I will say is, yes, you can go out with your friends and you can go have candy. And yes, when people knock on our door, we're going to be there and we're going to say hi and we're going to welcome them. And we're going to get to know our neighbors. What a wonderful day. As a Christian person, a person of faith, where all of my neighbors show up to my door and say hi, what a great opportunity for me as a person of faith who wants to, wants to sh- share Christ's love to my neighbors in my neighborhood. What a wonderful opportunity that I get to all of my neighbors just come knocking at my door and I get to hang out and I get to give them goodwill and I get to like get to know them better. And that is a wonderful thing. And so, yeah, we participate in that. What I will say is, is it's like, yeah, as far as like scary Halloween movies or things like that or evil things that I think not appropriate, I say, no, we're not going to do that at this house. We're not going to do that. And we're not going to be about that. And it's not going to be something that like is a big deal to us in that regard. We're going to like kind of moderate it. But what we will do is we will, as a family, overcome evil with good. There's always been times where people wanted to like kind of separate themselves away from all of society and say, I'm not going to participate because the world is evil. And I'm going to kind of like go off on my own and pray all by myself. 
and just kind of be separate from every, everything else that is going out there because I don't want it to touch me or my family or anybody else. I, I, like, I just want to completely be away from it. And that's not what that we see with Jesus. What we see with Jesus is he's right in the middle of it. And he's right there. And he's right in the middle of all the people that are, that are in all kinds of a mess. And he's right there. And what he is in dark places is he's a light. Do you hear what I'm saying? Jesus is a light in dark places. And he says, overcome evil with good. What was meant for evil, I will make good. So I'm in the business, personally, this is my take, of redeeming Halloween. Of redeeming it for God and saying, I want this to be a moment where I can get to know my neighbors better and meet my neighbors. I'm not going to like participate in necessarily all the things that everybody does. Okay? But I will be about bringing about good in what maybe was intended for evil historically. But God is stronger than that. Okay? And so I will be about spreading good and justice and God's message in the midst of a dumb little holiday. But candy, don't criticize candy. How can we criticize candy? Candy is a gift from God, right? So there is a tendency what we could do sometimes is like be the person on the street that just kind of like almost in some ways is, is, is representing that the life of God is, is not strong enough to deal with a costume. That we, we, we could represent in some ways that like our home will be completely closed off to all this because we can't handle this or this tension or this difficulty or this struggle. Instead, what I say is we're going to proclaim something that is stronger and that evil that may be a part of it or some other people's celebrations, that is not going to be a part of my home because good overcomes evil. And this is like, this is kid stuff. Evil is not something that I'm, gonna, I'm going to say is more powerful than God. God can overcome. And there's countless holidays and traditions that are, yes, wrapped in all kinds of bad celebrations or bad intentions throughout history. Absolutely. You can go down the whole list of all of them. And there's probably a, a point in time where somebody did something evil around a certain day or a certain holiday or a certain practice. That is, that, like, that debate could go on forever and ever. All of this world is God's world. And God is in control. And God can make what was intended for evil good. And God can redeem that. And so I'm in the business of redemption. I'm in the bi- business of redeeming what was intended for evil and making... Uh, overcoming evil with good, not trying to overcome evil with fear. Because fear is what evil is trying to elicit in us. And God is not a God of fear. God is a God of love. And so I will seek that with me and my family, and I'll take moderate approaches and things with these things. But I'm going to be a person that believes that God can do what he can do. So that's a little preview of next week when we look at the spirit of God that is more powerful than any evil in this world. Will you pray with me? God, I pray that in this room that each and every one of us would stand up 
That we would take a stand against things that would devour us, that would harm us. That we don't just sit back and take a passive approach, but instead we put on these things. We put on the things that you've told us to put on. We put our trust in you. We stand and believe that you can overcome. God, we believe in you. So God, I pray in this room that we would understand the truth. God, that we would stand with the truth. God, I pray that we would practice righteousness. I pray that we'd be people of peace. That we would have faith that could overcome difficulties or doubts. And God, that we would stand in the knowledge that we have been saved by the God of the universe. God, help us, we pray. We know there is evil. We know it's not just fantasy or untrue. There is evil in this world. But God, we can stand up and fight. I invite you right now to offer your own prayers to God. Take this moment to seek his voice. Seek his truth. Seek his peace. And if there's any doubt, any fear, anything that is lingering in your life, trust and believe that if you put on the armor of God, you can stand. You can stand, not through your own strength, but through the help of the creator of the universe. And if there's anyone in this room that is doubting, they're standing with God, and maybe you're not at peace with your relationship with God, then the appropriate thing to do is very simple. Say, God, I'm a sinner. God, I have... I have fallen short of you. I have sinned. I have many times done things that you did not want me to do. God, I'm sorry. And I repent. And ask God to forgive you and to come into your life and be that shield of faith, that helmet of salvation, that gospel of peace, all of those things. Ask God, cry out to God, and ask God to come into your life. Because the God of the universe that was put on a cross and buried in a tomb, he rose again. And he did that as a dramatic demonstration to demonstrate to us that there is hope after death. That the consequences of sin does not have to keep you in the grave. That there you can have forgiveness, you can have eternal life. So if you're struggling, if you're doubting, if you're unclear, if you're uncertain, cry out to the God of the universe. And ask him for forgiveness of your sins. I invite you to offer your prayers right now as we prepare ourselves for communion.